You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops heads. Welcome to a crossover episode of Locked On Warriors and Locked On Pelicans. We're getting prepared with Aliko Carter and Jake Madison to talk about this series, uh, the Pelicans versus the Warriors in the second round of the playoffs. And we're going to get right into it because it's Friday. This ga- this series starts tomorrow, game one. And uh, I just uh, want to see first, how you doing, Jake? I'm doing well. I'm excited for this. This is kind of a fun time here in New Orleans where the city's actually excited about basketball. So it's going to be fun kind of breaking this down with you and seeing maybe where this series is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the first thing that we got to look at is 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 matchups, uh, particularly the AD versus KD matchup, the, the matchup of superstars. But before we get into that, uh, I do want to update all of my listeners and listeners locked on Pelicans. The uh, the Stephen Curry question is still a question because he's questionable. That's what Steve Kerr said yesterday. He's got to go through a full another full practice today. He practiced at 100% on Thursday. If he practices at 100% again today and does shoot around tomorrow, you can bet he'll be in the starting lineup, but listed officially as questionable. Any thoughts on that, Jake? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Pelicans have been just anticipating that he's going to play. I think that's kind of what they're looking at when it comes to defensive game plans and things like that and matchups, and we're going to talk about all this. You know, he, to me, it seems like he's going to play. I'm not as close to the situation as you are but it's, I'm going to be a little annoyed I won't lie to see him out there in game one <laughs> I bet and I'm going to be over the moon it's been uh, an, an eternity since we've seen well it feels like for Warriors fans it's been an eternity since we've seen Stephen Curry on the floor but he does so many things and he's so important uh, for the Warriors especially getting out of running pace spreading the floor uh, gravity all that good stuff, and we're going to get into that as well. But um, I wanted to ask you about Anthony Davis because the man's an absolute monster. Nobody expected uh, the Pelicans to sweep the the, the Portland Trailblazers. I, I think it was ESPN had every single all twenty two, uh, yeah, all twenty two analysts basically say so. So so uh, first, you know, how did you how did you sweep the how did you sweep the Portland Trailblazers? You, you know, I had them to, to the Pels to win in six or seven. I think this was a pretty road-tested team that could go into Portland and win some of these games. I didn't think it was going to be easy as this, but it was done defensively, and it was by trapping Lillard and McCollum on the perimeter and coming up with just a game plan that worked. It was kind of as simple as that. Those guys struggled in the series, and, you know, McCollum finally got going in game four, but by then it was just far too late, and the Pelicans just kind of outclassed him, and it really started with Drew Holiday on the defensive side of things. Then, as we're going to talk about here, Anthony Davis on the offensive end, Drew Holiday on the offensive end, too. And it was just kind of like a perfect storm, a perfect matchup. This was the team the Pelicans wanted to play in the first round because they felt really good about advancing. Now, they did it in fairly dominant fashion, and we'll see if this carries over. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, on on the flip side with the Warriors, same thing, starting with defense, you know, especially King and on LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, making sure that he didn't single handedly beat the Warriors. And he only did in one game, uh, obviously the game that the Warriors lost. But sending doubles and triple teams, but making sure that the rotations were crisp yeah. afterwards. 
and and the Warriors have uh, played their way into the number one spot on the defensive rankings in these playoffs. And it's, uh, you know, when you got KD on the other side and Klay Thompson making things happen, you know, that's a recipe for a first round exit for the for the Spurs, definitely. But, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you because, you know, we talked about defense, but, you know, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, is there anyone who can stop him? Anyone who can guard him? Uh, because, it, you know, if you're too small, he's going to kill you. And if you're too slow, he's going to kill you. And I just I just don't see, you know, the Warriors have their work cut out for them. No, and this is what I, this is one of the big burning questions I wanted to ask you on this podcast was it, to me. And, and I look at that series with the Spurs and Aldridge got his for the most part. They made him really work for it. And they did a good job of having Looney and McGee kind of handle him a little bit. And. He still scored, but at the same time, are they even going to try and do that same thing to Anthony Davis here? Because if you do try and double him or get the ball out of his hands, Drew Holiday is going to absolutely tear you apart. So are the Warriors maybe going to try and trap Holiday on the perimeter? Is that kind of the key to the series defensively for him? Well, you know, I, I think that what's going to happen is you're going to see one-on-one defense on Drew Holiday, and they're going to switch everything. And so his butt off trying to stay with Drew Holiday and keep him from doing damage on the perimeter, doing those amazing slashing, uh, you know, dribble drives and kicking out to, uh, you know, an open three-point shooter. I really don't think that you're going to see too much trapping um, early in the game, uh, potentially later uh, to get the ball out of his hands. But then you've got Rondo, who's been assisting the ball. Playoff Rondo is absolutely amazing. And, if you trap Drew Holiday, it's going to be and, – and Drew Holiday gets the uh, gets the ball to Rondo. Then you've got a four-on-three going downhill, which has been the Warriors' bread and butter for the last three years in the Draymond, uh, uh, Stephen Curry uh, pick and roll. And when people go and trap Stephen Curry uh, up at the top, he just dips it down to Draymond. Draymond's got a beautiful uh, downhill ride, and he can either take it himself or, in the case of Rondo, probably find another player uh, zipping to the basket or open for three. I think it's dangerous to trap early uh, on Drew Holiday, and I think uh, one-on-one defense is the name of the game. Well, and you guys have kind of the players to do that. The Warriors switch a lot, and they're able to do so with that kind of positional versatility they have. So do you start – are you going to throw Draymond Green on Anthony Davis to start, or is it going to be kind of the Kevin Durant show there? And what's their kind of game plan looking at this series maybe? Yeah, that's a that's a really tough one because you don't even know who's going to start at center. It's been center by committee for the longest time. I don't know if JaVale is disciplined enough to 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 take on Anthony Davis at the beginning of this matchup. I love what Kevon Looney has brought to the table, but he's only been playing about he's been playing a good 20 to 22 minutes a game. He, but you know, didn't he have the most ahead. center minutes in the, against the Spurs, though, I think is what I saw. Yes. Yeah, he did. He didn't start, but he played the most minutes, followed by uh, David West and JaVale McGee, both around 15 minutes a game. But Kavan was playing around 20 to 22 minutes at the center position. And then, of course, you have the uh, the KD Draymond dual center lineups when the Warriors go small. I think what you're going to see a lot of is Kevin Durant on Anthony Davis because he's got the right amount of length and speed. Uh, You know, he's not known for being a strong guy, but he's got enough strength to hang with AD and just the length and the speed because, you know, JaVale is just not disciplined enough 
to be able to to stay with AD, stay down on pump fakes to, you know, he's going to sop up some fouls and, and, and Kevon Looney just has a little bit of a ways to go. You'll see a lot of Kevon, uh, but Draymond specifically to answer your question will be a roving center. Um, he's going to help out, but I don't see him staying exclusively on AD during the minutes they're on the floor together. I see Draymond uh, being more of a cornerback in the, in the, you know, in the backfield. Yeah, that's kind of a little bit what the the Pelicans like to do with Anthony Davis defensively. You want him defending the rim. You want him down low. And Portland had a little bit of success kind of negating that by pulling him out of the paint and trying to get him up at the top of the three-point line. But when you have a team that runs in transition as much, and it doesn't look like they run a ton of pick and rolls, are they going to be able to do that, the Warriors, to get Anthony Davis out of there? Or is he going to be able to kind of hang around down low and just play help defense and defend the rim? Oh, that's a really good question. You've got to keep the defense honest if you're the Golden State Warriors. That means a lot of motion and a lot of taking it to Anthony Davis. Uh, You know, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, trying to get him in the pick and roll and see, you know, maybe JaVale slip screens. Um, You know, just you you just got to keep AD honest. You just you just got to keep him honest. He can't be out there, uh, you know, as as a as a roving shot blocker. It's just really, really dangerous. So you're going to see him in a lot of actions just to try to get him out of the paint. You're absolutely right. No, I mean, look, I don't think the Pelicans are going to win this series, but, you know, to make it at least a little bit more difficult on the Warriors, they need him down low defending uh, the rim with everything here. So one of the things I also wanted to ask you as we maybe wrap up this first segment here is basically, you know, they the Warriors have been tremendous with Steph Curry in the lineup. And then I think it's 17 and 14 without him in the starting lineup. But I know some of that's misleading because there's been times when Durant's not in there too or they're not playing a number of their stars. But what goes wrong when he's not out there or he's not at 100%? Yeah, that's a really great question, Jake. Uh, The reality is that the Warriors play at a league average pace without Stephen Curry. The whole game slows down. The defense is actually, um, or at least earlier in the season, before the Warriors went 7-10 and in their final 17 games of the season, when Stephen Curry was out in that month, uh, December, and came back in January, the Warriors' defense was actually better with him out of the lineup. And so that's an interesting one, is that... uh, the defense keys in a little bit more. They they set up their half-court defense uh, more frequently, but the pace, which, you know, if you're trying to run with the Warriors, can be very, very tough, and the Pelicans are definitely going to try to run with the Warriors. They have the highest pace in the playoffs here so far, I believe. And uh, with Stephen Curry on the floor, you're just going to, uh, I mean, it's the gravity yeah, at the end of the day. You, you, he's going to open up the floor for literally everybody else. It's going to make Kevin Durant not have to play that hero ball that he kind of fell into. There was one game last uh, series where he shot four of 13 from three. I don't ever want to see Kevin Durant taking 13 three-pointers in a game. I think that that's rarefied air that you really only want to see Steph and maybe Clay reach occasionally. But uh, with Steph on the floor, KD's going to have much more space to work in the mid-range. Yet that lethal, lethal Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant pick and roll is going to be back on the table. And uh, the the Warriors offense is just going to be infinitely more dynamic. 
Yeah, and, and that's what I'm concerned about here. So let's take a moment. Let's plug ourselves since we're doing a crossover, and this is both on Locked On Warriors and Locked On Pelicans. If you don't know me and my regular listeners do, it's I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, and you can give me a follow on Twitter at Nola Jake. Yeah, I'm Aliko Carter. I represent Locked On Warriors, and you can follow me on Twitter at Koji Tare. That's K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. You're listening to Locked On Warriors and Locked On Pelicans. Stay tuned for the second segment. So, Aliko, I got a question. One of the things I think is going to be really important for the Pelicans is Draymond Green and either kind of negating him him or not having him play as well on offense. He struggled a little bit with his shot this year. What's kind of going on there, and how did he look in that Spurs series? Yeah, that's a good question. He looked very good in the Spurs series in almost every facet of the game. You're never going to see him be the kind of offensive dynamo that, you know, the Warriors have other offensive dynamos. They got three of them. We have an embarrassment of riches. But with Draymond, uh, I, I would say that especially in game five, Draymond gets the game ball because he's taken it upon himself to out rebound the other team. In game four, 18 rebounds. Game five, 19 big rebounds, building on playoff career highs in both of those games. If I'm not mistaken, those are actual career highs, postseason or regular season, for Draymond Green. And the Warriors out-rebounded the the Spurs in three out of the five games. And And they're not a great rebounding team just in general as, as is. They rank in the bottom 10 in both defensive rebounding percentage and offensive rebounding percentage, which is partially because, one, you make so many shots, you don't really need to go after offensive boards. And they don't, and they also just want to get back and get set on defense. But he came up big in those. Yeah, he sure did. And keeping the Spurs, who were an excellent rebounding team off the boards, was extremely important. They rebounded by committee, but Draymond led the way. And then not only that, coming close to a triple-double in a few of those games, assisting and and just with vision, assisting with vision, uh, making sure that everybody got their touches. In lieu of his own touches, there were a few games where he shot seven three-pointers, you know, they're going to, I mean, the Pelicans are going to let Draymond shoot, if I'm not mistaken. You can tell me if I'm wrong. No, I, I uh, think that's kind of the plan. <laughs> like, their defense against Portland isn't going to quite work in the same situation. If you try and trap Curry on the perimeter like they did with Lillard and McCollum, they're going to just make a pocket pass, and then all of a sudden ball movement's going to get that ball around the horn and find someone open. But I think maybe the plan is let a guy like Draymond beat you or Iggy when he's in try and beat you and then let them shoot from the corner, which can be dangerous because if they do get hot, well, then things are going to spiral rather quickly. Yes, absolutely. And what you're going to see, the Warriors don't actually prioritize corner three-pointers. It's a really interesting foible of the Warriors offense, considering they shoot so well. They don't shoot a ton of corner three-pointers. And if you see Andre or uh, Draymond be you know, a shooter, they're more likely going to be shooting from that farther spot on the wings around the break. And uh, that... I would love to see them shooting a lot more uh, corner threes, but you're you're not going to have to worry about that too much from these dubs. Yeah, which is definitely going to be a good thing for the Pels. So what about Durant? Like, how do you try and neutralize him? Is it force him into playing that isolation style where he, he kind of just tries to throw the team on his back and it's not necessarily the best way for them to try and go and score? Well, it definitely, I think it starts with Stephen Curry. Uh, 
what we saw in this first series was KD, like you said, trying to put the team on his back and succeeding in certain uh, aspects of the game and not succeeding in that one game that the uh, that the Warriors lost in San Antonio. Uh, and there was a lot of hero ball. Uh, Steve Kerr basically said when uh, they were punched in the mouth in that game one that they had to rely on KD to like just get them points uh, when their offense was uh, stagnant. And the offense is much more apt to stagnate when Stephen Curry isn't on the floor. So what you're going to see is a lot more motion. A lot more springing KD open for open shots. A lot less KD dribbling down the shot clock and you know doing a move and trying to pull up for a 17 footer or getting to the lane. Uh, I do think that they are going to prioritize trying to go at Anthony Davis and uh, see if they can't get him a few fouls early, so that uh, the Warriors can can uh, have the ball be you know you know yeah to, to take to seize the, it, it, to seize the the series it, it also if you get him some fouls early it can kind of take him out of his game and one of the things we've seen is he's playing as he's said with that russell westbrook type mentality right now and he needs to be aggressive and if you get him in foul trouble one he can't be nearly as aggressive on defense which is a big thing and then offensively you are worried about potentially picking up a charge something like that that's going to keep you out of this game because look if, they, if he's not out on the court this team's going to struggle mightily which then leads to the next thing here i think is going to be maybe important in the series is going to be kind of the benches and the reserve guys and how are those guys been playing for the warriors so far yeah that's a great question because the first thing i thought of when you said take a charge is that's exactly something that andre Iguodala would just do perfectly is he's you know him guys like ginobili they just do these amazing intangible things and I could just see him coming in randomly having not taken a charge in seven or eight games come in and just take that big charge on Anthony Davis in a late game situation and, and have the tide turn the other direction that's the kind of player that Andre Iguodala is uh, he's a stabilizer and he makes things happen even though he's not scoring the ball um, I think the role players for the Warriors uh, have been integral to making sure that the um, that the dubs you know, can breathe during this series. Kavon Looney has played absolutely great minutes, mentioned him earlier as the number one center in terms of minutes played, even though he's not starting. We'll see if he actually gets the starting nod. JaVale has been rebounding the ball extremely well, plays very well in the pick and roll. His screens and screen assists have gotten better as the year has gone on. He's learning from Zaza Pachulia, who didn't get any minutes in the first round series, but that's okay. He's always going to be ready. And then JaVale over the top of the defense is always a threat. Patrick McCaw's out. Unfortunately, he'll be out for an extended period of time. But really, what else you have is Sean Livingston, consummate Just veteran. And a height mismatch for almost any team that's going to end up playing him. He's, what, six seven at a point? Yeah. 6'7", shooting over the top of the defense, shooting over the top of guys like Patty Mills, even taking DeJounte Murray, who's long and rangy, uh, and taking him to task. And then, of course, there's David West, been doing it for 17 years. and We're, he, we're familiar with him down here. This is a guy who's still beloved in New Orleans from his time with the then Hornets. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure he's going to get a nice ovation. What about your reserves? You know, so so this is kind of a key part to any matchup with the Pelicans is you've got to get quality minutes when Anthony Davis isn't on the court. And basically whenever he sits, and particularly when him and Drew Holiday sit together, which is unfortunately something they have to do, it gets a little bit scary. And when I was looking at the rotations for the Warriors, you're basically keeping two out of those four guys on the court almost the entire time. So I don't know if they're going to be able to do that as much in this series yeah I mean you're familiar with Ian Clark and how he plays he's been a very Love good boy Ian he you know I, when he was coming in here everyone was assuming it was just going to be the three-point shooter and that shot going but he hasn't had that falling recently but still can put up 20 in any night by getting into the paint and scoring that way but I think when if he's matched up with Livingston all of a sudden that becomes a little bit tougher and as good as he's played for the Pels here he struggled on defense in the Portland Trailblazer series and then the rest of the people have just kind of been average and blah at least when it comes to the bench you know you've got Solomon Hill who's going to need to play big minutes in this series who's been out Mm -hmm. for most of the year because there's real no other small forward on the team that can maybe maybe at least keep Kevin Durant in front of them and not let him just get to the rim at will against them and I think that's going to be important but he doesn't shoot the ball particularly well he's never been known as an offensive guy you got Darius Miller who at one point was leading the league in three-point percentage as an individual player but he didn't show up too much defense of liabilities out there so you know I think maybe the Pelicans can keep it close enough with the starters out there but then the bench mob comes in and all of a sudden you might see Golden State go on a big run here that buries the Pelicans you know maybe at some point in the second quarter in some of these matchups you know who I've loved watching on the Pelicans though is Nikola Miritich I mean he's been obviously not a reserve but just so so important for you guys tell me a little bit about what he brings to the table oh this has been unbelievable and he just if for people who don't know shaved his beard after struggling mightily with the Pels for a little while and then has been on just a nine game like hot streak since that to the point where Gillette just signed him to an endorsement deal because (laughs) and the the Pels keep multiple razors around to make sure he's always clean shaven right now it's a running joke but there's been something to it so he he's been huge for the pelicans one defensively he's significantly better than anyone else they have in the front court other than anthony davis the guy was straight up stopping the ball against the portland trailblazers and handling a more physical center like nurkic really well which gives me some hope here that as a help defender a rotation defender if he does get matched up on durant for a little bit or draymond green he's not necessarily going to be completely overmatched he's done a good job there he provides rebounding and does kind of all that dirty work that Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. doesn't quite want to do and then the three-point shooting to space the court for 80 is obviously going to be a very big thing when you have a guy who can anchor the corner like that it definitely opens up your offense a little bit more and Davis who's been passing out of double teams a little bit better makes you a little bit more nervous to do that so he's going to need to not only just hit his three-point shots but get a significant volume of them I think if the Pelicans want to keep this series close but since that trade and since the playoffs started in the five-game winning streak they were on going into it, they, you can't have said enough great things about it. He had a 30-point game against the Portland Trailblazers. I think it was game three, which mm. really led the, and led the team in scoring in that one, which is how useful he can be. Yeah, that's incredible. I do want to get to talking about this coaching matchup. Two very good friends. Going all the way back to the Phoenix Suns, you've got Alvin Gentry and Steve Kerr. But before that, we got to take a break. We'll be back. And we're back. We're talking coaching in this matchup between the Pelicans and the Warriors. They go way back. That is Alvin Gentry and Steve Kerr to when Steve Kerr was the GM of the Phoenix Suns and Alvin Gentry, the head coach. They worked together uh, to get 
the uh, to get that Shaq deal together, which ended up not being so great in the long run. But they go back a long time, and obviously associate head coach Alvin Gentry in the title season from 2015, and then going on to coach the Pelicans. Well, how do you think that's going to play into this series? These two guys who like to get motion, who like to run and have their team uh, get out in the fast break, and uh, who do coach similar styles. Yeah, I mean, to to boil it down to this, it's turnover battle is going to be huge in this one because anytime one of these two teams turns the ball over, the opposite one is going to get out there and run and try and get easy points. And we know what Gentry's done there at Golden State, and they still run a lot of you know similar sets, and the offensive philosophy is still there. So if anyone knows maybe how to beat it, it's going to be him, though that's, of course, easier said than done and everything. But one thing the Pelicans did really well in the last round against the Portland Trailblazers was associate head coach Darren Ehrman also spent some time at Golden State with that kind of weird, disastrous exit of everything. You know, mm, came yes. up with a, a whistleblower. The whistleblower <laughs> came up with a masterful defensive game plan. And if he can come up with another one, and again, e- easier said than done here, I think that kind of keeps things uh, maybe a little bit more balanced, maybe uh, for the Pelicans. And don't forget Chris Finch, who's been brought in kind of as an offensive coordinator too for the Pels after that one season with Denver last year, where he's done a very good job making everyone kind of coexist here and getting the most out of this run and gun style that they're trying to do. So coaching and adjustments are going to be very important here. And it, you know, just looking at how to attack these teams is going to be big. You know, if the Warriors are going to look to try and take Anthony Davis out of this, you're going to have to maybe soften them up with some mid-range jumpers a little bit to suck some of those defenders out of the paint and open things up that way and can Gentry and Finch come up with kind of a style to manufacture those looks is going to be really important yeah I think you're absolutely right there uh for the Warriors as far as coaching is concerned uh they're definitely going to have to come up with some sort of defensive game plan that accounts for the fact that Anthony Davis is a superstar and that you're never going to stop him. You can't even hope to contain him, but that he can't single-handedly just beat you every single game. And a lot of that is going to be on the hands of Ron Adams is going to have his hands full trying to design a system that, you know, like I said, keeps, uh, you know, the understanding that Anthony Davis is going to get his, but, you know, Keying in on Drew Holiday, I think, is going to be important. Hopefully keeping him under 20 points per game uh, in this series. And then on the offensive end, it's going to be a lot of Klay Thompson because obviously defenses are going to first focus on uh, Stephen Curry and second focus on Kevin Durant. Klay Thompson has always been the player that has reaped the benefits of that. When in the beginning of Kevin Durant's tenure in the Bay Area – they asked Clay Thompson about his touches. He's like, I'm not sacrificing crap, uh, to paraphrase. Uh, and that is actually the case. Uh, they all shoot between 16 and 18 shots a game in the regular season. And Clay gets a lot of open looks because of so much defensive energy directed at Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant. You see, I actually think they're going to start Drew Holiday matched up with with 
Clay in this series, and I think you'll see each one more on Kevin Durant, and then maybe Rondo on hopefully like an 80% Steph Curry uh, mm-hmm. to hide him a little bit defensively. But the Pels are going to switch in this defensively. They're not going to go the same game plan that they did against Portland because the Warriors will burn you hard if they do that. So I think you're going to see uh, Drew Holiday just start off on Clay and then switching all over the place, similar to what Golden State does on defense. And you'll see him guard Durant. You'll see him guard uh, Curry. If he gets matched up with you know Draymond Green, he's comfortable guarding even up a position with a bigger body like that too so it's going to be interesting and you know game one always sets the tone for a series like this you kind of see what the teams are trying to do and then you adjust accordingly and it's going to be kind of fun to see where these teams head in coaching and you know these teams kind of knowing each other's styles a little bit is going to be really big because adjustments are going to need to be made and they kind of already have an idea probably of what they're going to eventually need to do in this series sure sure i got a question for you do you think Etwan Moore can stay with kevin durant no, uh, I mean, there's almost no one in the league can really stay with Kevin Durant. I think they're going to start him there knowing that you're going to switch. So it's almost like you're pre-switching on this. Um, mm-hmm. So that if he does go, then sets a pick for Clay or Curry and runs a pick and roll, you're going to have that other guy potentially switch on there. Ideally, Drew Holiday, who when these two teams played back on April 7th in Oracle, did a good job of defending him in crunch time in that Pelicans victory. He had that strip and that steal that led to a fast break. So I think they'll feel comfortable with that. But I think you're going to see Anthony Davis on him, too. I mean, I think in this series, it's going to be cross-matching everywhere on both sides of the ball for both teams. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, in the moment, you, all you have is who's in front of you. And, you know, I think Kevin Durant is going to be uh, taking the defense as it comes. I, I'm glad you brought up turnovers. Uh, Durant and... Draymond Green are going to have to curtail their, uh, you know, they, they, they get very overzealous sometimes. And I think that if there's going to be anything that could give uh, the Pelicans enough, uh, enough juice, it's Warriors turnovers, uh, especially because Stephen Curry is going to be very rusty and is probably going to turn the ball over more than he normally does in that first game. Turnover is extremely important. And then I think something else that's very important is rebounding by committee, uh, keeping Anthony Davis from being such a monster on the boards uh, and making sure that uh, offensive rebounds are not something that the Warriors give up, giving up open threes, easy easy shots at the basket. There's one thing that the Warriors do sometimes that just really, really, really irks me. They led the league in blocks this year, but you'd be surprised at how many of those blocks ended up back in the hands of players that weren't wearing Warriors jerseys and right up into the basket. So that's something that I'm definitely going to be looking at as well. Second efforts on the board, second efforts after blocks, uh, just second effort in general. Uh, not something that the Warriors were known for during the regular season, but something that they really, really turned on in the first round. Uh, you know, just all of those intangible plays that, that really, it's almost like during the regular season, they were just trying not to get injured, even though they were all injured. And so they wouldn't dive on the floor. They wouldn't, you know, fight for the ball. But now every single play, they're fighting for the ball. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's the playoffs. you got to kind of kick it up a little bit. So it's going to be fun to see how both these two teams do. The Pelicans are playing some of their best basketball, at, you know, this season, uh, on riding a nine-game winning streak with a sweep in the first round. So before we wrap up, you want to do some predictions with me here? Yeah, I absolutely would love to. All right, what are you, what are you thinking in this series? I'm thinking, and I hope, 
uh, it's Warriors in six. You know, see, if I'm being realistic about it, I see Warriors probably in five in a gentleman sweep here because I just don't know where the Pelicans, other than maybe turnovers, can really take advantage. It's just such a complete team with the Warriors. So I want to say Warriors in five, but my my fan base is going to kill me here if I do that. So I'm going to go I'm going to go on a limb. The Pelicans have a winning record on the road. They were 24 and 17 there. I'm going to go and say Pels in seven because I got nothing to lose by saying that. No, you absolutely don't. You're not a betting man, I hope. Uh, No, I absolutely think that uh, Anthony Davis is a good enough player to win two games on his own. Drew Holiday has been, frankly, the best guard in these playoffs. Yeah, and so far. Yeah. That's kind of what you're going to need here. So there's an outside chance, not a good chance, but maybe they can get it done. And... It's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait for this series to tip off on Saturday night. No, me either, Jake. I'm really excited and hope to speak to you soon about it. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you all for listening. I'm Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. I'm Aliko Carter, host of Locked on Warriors at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E on Twitter. All right. Thanks to you all for listening and get excited for game one. 